Welcome to the MedTech Talent Lab, the number one catalyst for advancing careers and building high-performance teams. Sponsored by the Anthony Michael Group, helping companies secure in-demand talent in regulatory affairs, quality, clinical, engineering, R&D, and other areas for medical device, digital health, diagnostics, and other organizations across the U.S. life sciences sector. Here's your host, Mitch Robbins. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the MedTech Talent Lab Live Edition. I'm your host, Mitch Robbins, joined as always by my partner in crime, Adam Sapi. Guys, we are here on LinkedIn and uh, on the podcast Wednesdays at 11 o'clock Pacific, 2 o'clock Eastern, where we come to you each and every week live with a new talent topic. And simultaneously, I'm interviewing best-in-class leaders straight from the industry, of course, on all things talent-related. If you haven't checked out the MedTech Talent Lab podcast, be sure to do so wherever you consume podcasts. So Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you name it, it should be out there. Adam, how are you, man? Doing great. Doing great. We were just talking uh, offline that it's been a back-to-back day, but I'm glad that you are here with me. And today we're going to talk about rocking your resume. Who better than to give some resume advice from other than guys who have seen countless resumes over the last uh, 10 to 15 years? And what I want to jump in, I'm going to pull up the live feed because guys, if you're with us, give us some social media love. Let us know that you're here. Let us know if you got questions. Let us know if you got uh, feedback. We'd love to make this show as valuable for you as we can. But Adam, let's jump in and kind of talk about, first of all, I think there's probably going to be a lot of questions about, you know, how do we structure a resume? I get all these quote unquote gurus telling me I should add this, I should take this off, should add this, take it off. And there's so much advice swirling around. It's really confusing as to who to listen to and why you should be listening to them. So I think what we should do is kind of go through maybe from top to bottom, our perspective on what a great resume should look like and can look like with a few simple tweaks. But why don't you call out the importance, if you would? Why why now is it important to take this advice uh, of all times? Yeah, we were just talking about this offline, you know, like earlier in our career, I'm nine going on 10 years, so you have me beat in, in career, but, you know, resume was just kind of a, a piece of paper to get you on the phone and, you know, with the hiring manager. So, you, so the two of you can talk shop and we would set up interviews, as you know, we would set up interviews without even having a resume in hand, you know, like it was, wasn't as important as it is today. Fortunately or unfortunately, that two-page document or five-page document or one-page document is designed to sum up your whole holistic career, your profession, your your skill set, your passions, your education, everything. And that's really tough to do. And unfortunately, now you're competing with 400 other resumes and not four, as it would have been the case, you know, six months ago, 12 months ago. Really, since October, we've seen an onslaught of of layoffs, unfortunately. So, so yeah, to your point, it's never been more important for you to have a resume that stands out above the noise. Absolutely. And, and so let's just kind of dig right in and to the nitty gritty and tips, tricks, and strategies to get uh, your resume rocking. So one of the things that comes up all the time is what should I do at the top, right? What should I do? Should yeah. I have an objective? Should I have a professional summary? Should I have a technical skill set summary? What should I do? Here's my professional recommendation, okay? And I preface this by saying people like us, headhunters or hiring managers or internal talent acquisition professionals, they literally have got probably 30 seconds to glance at your resume and see if it's worth uh, further exploration, right? Do I want to schedule a call with this person? Do I have questions? What should I get going to do? I'm going to make a decision within 30 seconds, okay? And so before I get into how to handle the top part of your resume, what I would say is this is what I look for when I'm scanning a resume. Number one, I'm looking for uh, tenure, okay? Has this person moved around year to year? And if so, what are the reasons behind that? 
So tenure, I'm looking for measurable outcomes as a result of their responsibility. What have they achieved? I'm looking at titles. Do the titles make sense against what we're recruiting for? And I'm looking at highest level of education. It's not necessarily in that order, but those are really the four primary things. Before I get into the strategy of, of the top piece of the resume, Adam, are you looking for anything else outside of those four things? No, and I'm, I wrote them down as we were talking, but no, that's exactly it. I mean, you're okay. looking for how aesthetically, you know, it, it flows and everything else. But yeah, you're, you're trying to distill measurable outcomes, things, you know, that people have done that they're proud of that. And those should jump off the page, truthfully. And, and if they can, you know, job well done. And so when it comes to the front piece of the resume, the top part, professional summary or objective or technical skill set, what I would say is, number one, think from the vantage point of who you're trying to attract. If you're trying to attract a director of finance, what's important to a director of finance? If you're trying to attract a vice president of manufacturing or the CEO, what's important to them? Okay. And so what I would recommend is, especially if you're not necessarily in a technical role, is I would use the framework of I help XYZ to do XYZ by doing XYZ. So I help manufacturing executives reduce costs and streamline manufacturing processes by doing X, Y, and Z. You're speaking their language. What do you help and how? Okay. Who do you help and how, I should say? If you're in a super technical role, like you're a developer, for example, and the type of technology or the type of platforms that you know is super important to your role, I would use a table at the top, bullet points in maybe two different rows, three to four bullet points on one side, three to bullet points on the next. You could even have nine if you need it. But what are the key technologies that you know? And I would have that piece up there as well. Thoughts on that part, Adam, as far as the front part of the resume? Yeah. And we've talked about before, like you, you want to avoid alphabet soup where you're just throwing everything up there. And we've heard all the the tricks and tips there. You know, Shandon and and Nick have said that too. Like people were even doing it in white font and it wasn't even visible to the eye, but the algorithm, you know, the AI bot would would catch it. So don't, don't overdo it. But yeah, you're exactly, you're, you want to tweak your resume for every application in theory. You know, you're not becoming a new person, but you're going to highlight certain things, especially if you're you know, not applying for an entry level role and you have 18 years of experience. I just talked to a gentleman about this yesterday. He's like, how do I get my resume down from five pages? Everyone wants it two pages. How do I do that? And we, we talked through that. But also, you know, depending on the role you're, you're applying for, you want to tweak that, especially that top part, you know, so it's, it's going to go to the eyeballs. Hey, this person is speaking my language. They're talking to me how they can, you know, solve my pain, really, you know, because everyone's selfish. So that's exactly it. You're going to highlight Mr. or Mrs. CFO, Miss VP of Sales, Miss, you know, uh, head of RA, here's how I can help you essentially. Yep. The next piece is how long should a resume be? Okay. Yeah. I'm adamant about this. A resume should be able to be detailed with the last most recent 10 years of your experience and you can summarize the rest. Okay. Please dumb your resumes down. You do not need three pages. You just don't. You don't need three. You don't need four. You don't need five. You can clearly sum up, you know, 15 plus years as a, a sourcing manager, a director of purchasing, a vice president of supply chain, more details happily provided upon request. Okay. Yeah. Sum up beyond 10 years. In the most recent 10 years, you want to be detailed. And here's how. I see too many people taking their job description and basically copying and pasting onto their resume. And the resume reads like a job description. Can lift almost to the point where it's like, I can lift 40 pounds. Comical. Yeah. Right? It is yep. comical. Here's what's really important. Here's what's going to separate you. Because think about this. Like Adam said, with hundreds of applications being happening right now for the exact same job, what's going to separate you is the outcomes that you achieved as a result of your responsibility. A director of marketing in one company has fairly similar responsibilities to a director of marketing in another. What's different is what did that person do as a result of that responsibility? 
So here's how I want you to look at the, as far as outlining your, your roles. I would have two, at very most, three sentences outlining the scope of your responsibility. I've got seven direct reports. I'm responsible for global supply chain across blah, 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 in two to three sentences under your title. After that, you're going to use bullets to talk about where you made money, saved money, improved the process, beat a timeline, got to market earlier, whatever it may be of where you move the business forward. And yeah. it, these bullet points are what's important to the hiring manager, okay? Because they're saying, okay, look, this person did this, this, and this. We need somebody similar to do the same thing for us, Yep. right? And that's, those are the differentiating factors. So I don't think you're going to disagree with me, but I want you to be able to chime in on that part. That's exactly it. And you kind of uh, touched on something that I hear a, a fair amount, especially I think with earlier, uh, more junior level roles, be authentic, right? Professional resume writers, I'm fairly neutral to that, but I can see the value, right? Where people get in trouble is when, they, when they're trying to put their best foot forward and they go to like a chat bot, like chat GPT or something, and that thing spits out like, holy cow, this person's a superstar. Well, then when they have a 45-minute conversation with the hiring manager and they just fall flat, you're immediately yes. disqualified. One, it comes off as un untruthful or unethical. At the very least, that's not the person they want to hire. So don't yes. do that. Be authentic. Highlight what you've done but do it in a genuine way. So let's recap. Guys, if you're joining us live, thanks so much for being here. It's Mitch Robbins, Adam Sapi, the MedTech Talent Lab podcast. We talk all things talent within MedTech week in and week out, both between us. We've got guests that come on the show and then I have a recorded uh, version where we interview leaders straight from the industry. Today, we're talking about rocking your resume. And so far, we've talked about how to address the top piece, which is writing it from the vantage point of who you want to attract. I help CEOs to do X, Y, and Z by doing X, Y, and Z. And I've done it for this amount of time in these types of capacities. The next piece we've talked about is making sure that within, as far as the length of your resume, that you're detailed from the most recent 10 years of experience and you've summarized the rest. They can always ask for more information if they want it, but that's really all you need. We've talked about how to outline the scope of your responsibility for each role within two to three sentences addressing what it is and then using bullet points, heavy bullet points of made money, save money, improve the process, whatever outcomes you achieved as a result of that responsibility, driving the business forward. From there, you know, people ask about what do I do about certifications? Where do I put my education? What do I, what about hobbies? What about a picture? Let's talk about all that. You don't need a picture. Yes. Is it cool? Is and different? Sure. I'm not against it. You don't need it. Certifications. Absolutely. If they're super important to your business in our world, regulatory and quality, especially rack certification. Great. Some quality yep. certifications. Super important. Lean if you're Lean Six Sigma, yeah, wonderful. I don't think hobbies are a necessity. And here's why. When somebody's in pain and has a vacancy, what they care about is how can this person come and solve their problem? They're going to want to know you personally, of course, to vet out the cultural aspect. Can we work with this person? But that'll happen in the conversations. Nobody really cares about your hobbies. What they care about is how can you solve a problem? So use that valuable space on your resume to talk about what's most important. Adam, thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And if there's some space left over, may maybe one line of, hey, I like rock climbing and you know, I'm in a band or whatever else, but yeah, certainly, you know, it, that that's very valuable real estate, right? The resume itself. So I would agree with you there. One thing I'd add too, is this comes up a fair amount. I wish Shandon and Nick were here to chime in, but I think the general consensus is don't include a cover letter and don't include professional references. You, you can have that line, hey, you know, references upon request or something like that. But that's something too, where you can save yourself some time, but also uh, save, save yourself, you know, adding on another page or two pages or something like that. But no, I agree with what you just said. So I think that could be a whole nother episode about the cover letters piece, but talk more about that. So my, let me give my perspective. I agree yeah. with you. And when somebody sends me a cover letter, I think, okay, that's great. But I, I hate to say this. I really look at, I really read, read it. I look at the resume yeah. first. 
And then I want to have a conversation and learn more. What's your perspective as to why you're you're recommending not to include cover letters? Yeah, and I'm agnostic to it, but this is the consensus I hear from hiring managers and then from ta- our talent acquisition partners, HR, you know, TA, internal recruiters that we work with. They generally will say, don't do it. If I present a, a candidate and I include that, they'll generally either, they won't acknowledge it or they'll just say, hey, not necessary. Don't, don't do that next time. Because for the same reason, I think, because they're not reading it. A lot of it's you know, everyone's going off of a template, which is fine, but 90% of it's the same. And, you know, back to some of the, the you, you trained me on this years ago, the comical, hey, I am an effective communicator, both verbally and written. Well, is anybody going to say, hey, I'm a lousy communicator? Have you, yeah, I, I'm a hardworking, someone's, you know, whatever, subject matter. It was like, no one's going to say I'm lazy. I don't know what I'm talking about. I, you know, so I think the cover letter is mostly filled with that fluff. And that's probably the reason why people say don't bother. So that's a great point, And I'm so glad that you brought that up. So let's talk about that. What I term it as is called the opposite rule. If you can't say the opposite and have it make sense, it's too generic. So to Anna's point, I'm a dynamic team player. I'm collaborative. I'm hardworking. I'm a multitasker. Great. Leave out the multitasker piece. But let's say this. Who in the right mind would say I'm not collaborative? I'm not a team player. I'm not dynamic. Nobody. Right which means that everybody could say the same thing. So don't use it. Don't use it. Get rid of it. It yeah. doesn't mean anything to anybody. So it's doesn't not helping well. the case. Yeah. As far as the cover letter, if you decide that you do want to go the extra mile and you do want to write a cover letter, I would take out all the fluff and I would talk about the problem at hand. I would do your research about the job. I'd try to find out from your resources what's important. And I would talk about relevant experiences that you've had where you've been able to deliver similar results. And I would, in the cover letter, I would say, you know, if I haven't heard from you before XYZ, I'm going to plan to reach out. And that gives you an opportunity to proactively reach out to these people to follow up on the submission of, of your stuff. And we'll get into yeah. a whole nother episode. I think it'd be a great idea to talk about how do I get myself in front of people to actually have conversations instead of just submitting online. That's a whole nother yeah. topic that we can definitely lend some value and shed some light on. But I think that's pretty much it for today. Really. Yeah, I, I think that's a good, definitely a good, concise, uh, actionable uh, plan, you know, especially again, competing with a lot of folks. So guys, if you're wondering who we are for the first time, we, we run a search firm here called the Anthony Michael Group in MedTech. We help medical device, digital health, diagnostics businesses, even the greater biotech space. And we primarily are in the regulatory affairs and quality uh, functions, clinical as well, where we help build teams fast, super fast, from the specialist level all the way up through the VP uh, chief regulatory uh, position. So if you have any questions, always available to you. Again, we'll be back next Wednesday with another topic on all things talent related here in the industry. And make sure to check out the MedTech Talent Lab podcast wherever you consume uh, this content. Adam, thanks for uh, your contributions today, man. You bet. You bet. Thanks for listening to the MedTech Talent Lab podcast. For more content-rich episodes, log on to theanthonymichaelgroup.com or subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform.